Well, I'm very excited today on the Catholic Money Show to welcome this guest to our show. I think you're really going to be interested in what we have to talk about here today. He is the founder of The Art of Living, uh, marriage retreats, mentoring, works with men as well, from Lafayette, Louisiana. He's been married 25 plus years with five kids. He's host of The Paul George Show and author of the book, Holy Grit. Please welcome to The Catholic Money Show, Paul George. Jonathan, great to be with you, man. How's Thank Omaha? You. It's it's good. It's not as cold as it used to be. So that's a that's a plus. <laughs> yeah, that is good. I live in the South, so it's never cold. Uh, so we're good down here. Yeah, that must be nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for for coming on the show today. Um, so you wrote this book called Holy Grit, and it's through some of the topics in that that I hope to uh, at least use as a, as a jumping off point in our conversation today um, about finances, about family finances, about our role as men to, to work together with our wives as a team to handle this. Uh, I know a lot of our, our listeners, a lot of our students, a lot of our members find themselves in a situation where you know, the wife finds us, she's feeling the stress of the finances in the, in the relationship. She finds wallet when she's, she's looking to sign up or she, she already did. She's trying to get the husband on board and he's, he's not coming. He's not interested at all. Um, maybe he sees it as, as some sort of an attack or a slight on him. Maybe there's a little bit of a, a feeling, at least this was for me, a feeling of a little bit of, of a failure for letting us get in this spot. Uh, on the other side, we've got guys who then, you know, oh, oh, don't worry. I, I, I know I got, I got this book or I read, the, I got this YouTube guy or whatever it is. I got all these little sneaky little strategies where we're going to trade this and do this. And it's probably way too complicated, but it's this attraction, just like kind of this slick Rick figure it all out, have all the plans and kind of be above some of this um, fundamental stuff. Uh, and so I guess this is the, it's a long introduction to the question, but just uh, just a jumping off point here is um, what what is maybe holy grit? How does that play into who we are as men? And then maybe we'll find our way to the finances. Yeah. No, I mean, that was a great introduction. I mean, I see this all the time in the couples we work with and even in our own marriage, uh, for Gretchen and I with finances, but ultimately like, you know, this that it, the issue really isn't finances. It's the underlying issues that sort of evolve under there. Right. Mm. And that begin to surface, uh, within the man and the woman, and there becomes maybe some division or, uh, they're not on the same page. Um, the genesis of Holy Grid was the reality that for us as men, particularly, uh, we're attracted to being tough and gritty. I, not only that, we're created for it. Like God mm. created us to do hard things and to do tough things. And yet, if that's all we're created for, we're left real empty. If it was just hard work and just figuring things out and just grinding and being tough, why do we still have this like longing for more, yeah. right? Um, and 
the reality is that we're created not only to be gritty, tough men to do hard things, but we're created for God and to be holy. And those things, when merged together, we really find our purpose and our meaning. Um, and yet when they're lived in compartments, they're compartmentalized, we struggle, I admit. And so the book is about merging those two things together, looking through the lenses of these amazing masculine saints that have gone before us, that have lived these lives that were real, that were masculine, and yet they had a conversion and a time in their life where they merged their grittiness and their holiness together. And now we call them saints. And so that's sort of the backdrop of the book. It's doing hard things with God at the forefront, which is related to marriage and finances and all the things that become really tough in our life that are hard to do sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say, uh, I thought I'd done some hard things and then I got married (laughs) and then some kids came along. Uh, and I've found, more and more being asked of me and there's the choice of right getting up saying yes to it and and figuring out how to get it done or just to i don't know slink away stay to myself and let them figure it out for themselves uh so i don't want to do that maybe sometimes i fall into that a little bit uh but there's a great call on us to um to give of ourselves, to serve those, especially uh, in our family, our wives, or or children, if we're blessed with them. How have you seen, you've talked about meeting with with couples and with men and all that, when when there seems to be this this disconnect, and it could be about finances, that's where we see it a lot, but right, where the, there's something that's very important to the wife, Maybe she's feeling the stress of the money, um, whatever it is. She's like, you know, I, w- I want to do this thing. I want to get more serious about our finances. I want to figure it out, whatever it might be. And then the husband doesn't, you know, just kind of right away say, oh, well, this is really important to you. Great. If you're important to me, that makes it important to me. Let's do this thing. When that breaks down, what do you, why do you, th- why do you think it does? What have you seen? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the deeper question on underneath. For women, the deepest question I think that they long for and want is a sense of security. Mm. Uh, and that's not financial security. I think mm. a lot of guys misread that as if I provide, I have more, I give my wife all the things, then there's a sense of financial security. In a woman's heart, security is a sense of safety, a sense of mm. togetherness, unity, um, and to know that she's secure in that love of her husband, her kids, and is first in her husband's life. So, so that's security. So where a man might read it as financial security, that's not necessarily the case, right? Mm-hmm. For the man, though, the deepest question inside of him that's underneath the surface is, uh, the, he needs to believe that he has what it takes to accomplish the task at hand. Mm. Uh, to be adequate. Uh, and you mentioned it just a moment ago, like marriage is the hardest thing that you've probably ever attempted and fatherhood. And so there are oftentimes in our lives of husbands and fathers that we don't feel adequate. Mm. And so what we do is we automatically will navigate to the things that we feel adequate in work mm. or our leisure or hobbies or friendships. And yet the whole time is like, 
We want to feel adequate in our marriage and our and the things. That's where finances come in. We overcompensate. Oh, I'll figure out how to make us rich and and do all these things. And and the yeah. wife's like, I just want to be first in your life. So there becomes this, <laughs> this there comes this tension, right? That uh, you know, I, I always say the most powerful words that uh, a wife can tell her husband is, uh, "I believe in you. You have what it yeah. takes," and just just really speak that into more so like you have what it takes to enter into to this marriage, to be the father, the husband. So, so there's the, the underlying sort of tension underneath and, and the finances become sort of oftentimes the cork that pops off, you know, uh, we, we don't see eye to eye financially. And, and then there's all these underlying issues, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as, as you're saying all that, um, I'm just, it's just like, just convicting me. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I'm doing that there. Doing that there. <laughs> and, and thankfully, at least the ones I, I can think of right away, uh, seemingly uh, kind of small things, right? Like, uh, you know, when it's time to clean up the kitchen, um, I find other things to do other than like load the dishwasher because I just, I don't know, I fit maybe two thirds the amount of dishes in there than my wife can. And it's just like, I just don't know what to do. So I'm going to do something else. <laughs> so I, I've that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And golly, you're right, man. Like, am I, can I do this? Am I, am I adequate? Man. And I think with, with the finances, when things go south or they're not going well, or there's tension or overspending or lack of budget or mm-hmm. not a financial plan, the guy begins to feel like he failed. And that's where men go. I'm a failure. I'm failing my family. So let me figure it out. So when we live out of that failure, we want to overcompensate. I'm going to read a book, watch YouTube. Like you said, I'm going to figure out a solution out of this because I'm going to win. And the whole time, the wife just wants to be together on this plan. She wants a sense Mm -hmm. of unity and safety Mm -hmm. in it. I always say like, uh, say the light fixture breaks the fan. And I look at it, my wife looks at it and she just says, well, I'm going to call someone and fix it. And I always say, what I would like for you to say is, I believe that you can fix it. Yeah. Like, I believe that that you can fix that. And I want her to think that I can fix anything. Right. I want her to believe that. But I also have to have the humility to say, you know, I'll try to fix it. But if I can't fix it, I'm going to call a maintenance guy or or contractor to come in and fix it. You know, I know my limits. Mm -hmm. That's what happens in, in the financial years. I want to believe that I can contribute, but at the same time, I have to be humble enough to say, I don't have all the answers. Let's do this together. Mm-hmm. So finances have a beautiful ability to bring unity in the marriage, but oftentimes it causes division because of those underlying issues that, that seem to be unresolved, you could say. Yeah, yeah. I'd say what's oh, one thing that is, that's tricky with finances that – Maybe, yeah, I think makes it, we feel it really acutely, at least I, I have and, and do, of like there's a number right there. So you might, in other ways of, of you know, does, does my wife feel loved or am I being a, a good father or whatever, right? There's not, there's not some number that is staring you at the fa- in the face all the time. But with right. finances, we can see the bank account balance or the loan amount or whatever it is and interpret that number as a score or judgment on us. So if it's higher, I'm doing well. If it's a lower, I'm failing. And 
our financial reality does not affect our worth. It doesn't affect the the quality of of person or man that we are. Um, but I think there's a real tr- temptation there to view the bank balance as the score, our, our our score of of providing, of being a man, of being a husband. Yeah, one hundred percent. Can't you see how hard I'm working or what I'm doing? Or, you know, I I would say that the majority of couples that we meet with who are struggling in their marriage have plenty of money. So money doesn't solve the marital issue, right? Mm-hmm. So like like if if money was simply uh, the the resolutional piece, uh, that would be well, that would be great, right? But it's not like there's such a deeper need inside both man and woman uh, for unity. Um, and what we have found in our own life is that getting on the same page with money is is actually helped us resolve other issues. Mm. My feeling of incompetency or failure to not provide as much as the, the number I have in my head, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? What is that number? You know, like... What's the number that's going to make me happy and her happy? Well, it's it's a make believe. It's it, it's subjective, right? Uh, so we can't put value on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, money has a way of I don't know magnifying of uh, taking what's happening in our relationship and just really kind of just taking it, just, yeah, magnifying it, making it bigger, helping us see it more. So if there's a little bit of tension or there's some disagreements or some mistrust or something, when it comes to handling the money, well, then that's that's going to come up. Or, or, or the other side, right? Trust, commitment, all this stuff, that'll come in how we handle our money too. It can be, uh, it's, it's one of the leading causes of, of separation, of divorce, of marital tension and strife. And it doesn't have to be. It can be a source of unity and togetherness, right? When we, when we got married uh, 11 years ago, um, we counted all you know, the money. We had, a, we had a huge money fight on our honeymoon, because right. we put the honeymoon on a credit card and it was due during the honeymoon and we <laughs> forgot to like set the thing up to pay it and we're a huge fight about it. We're like, this is crazy. Like right. <laughs> we don't want yeah. this the rest of our life. This is not what we're signing up for. Yeah. And we had to figure it out and it ended up, you know, getting out of debt and learning how to budget and all that stuff. It really brought us together. Mm-hmm. And this thing that can drive so many couples apart it was the unifying factor was some was the glue right because it put us on the same side of the table yeah against the finances like right we're here to figure it out to pay off that debt or to save up that down payment or whatever it is it was us not necessarily against the money but we're on the team figuring out how to do this yeah, and the goal is unity, right? So you got to mm-hmm. decide, like, do we want to be unified in our marriage or not? So do you raise kids by yourself? No, you raise them together. Do you have yeah. sex by yourself? No, you have sex together. You know, do you solve money issues by yourself? No, we solve them together. So it is about unity, right? We asked two really hard questions for these couples, engaged couples that we're mentoring and marriage couples. They come in and say, you know, we're fighting about money. And we're like, it's not about the money. You know, like, let's go. Let's let's follow that down to what it's really about, right? Mm-hmm. You guys are disunified in some other, it's bringing up some other issues of 
or whatever. And uh, we'll we'll ask two hard questions. Um, are are you willing to unify so much that you're willing to have one account that you both could see and use? Right, mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, and a lot of times couples are like, oh, "No, right?" Mm-hmm. Like we like our own separate. They're like, "Well, it's kind of a sign of disunity." And I'm not saying that like that's a blanket statement; it can't work for some people. But and then I say, "Do you have you guys decided an amount that uh, you can spend without asking the other's permission?" Right. Simple mm-hmm. question. And they're like, no, that's really uncomfortable for us. We just like to do what we want individually. We don't mm-hmm. want to be unified on those things. Right. So you ultimately have to say, what's our greatest desire? Well, I want to be happy and unified in my marriage. Okay. Well, Holy Grit is doing the hard work to get there, to get to that unifying place. And so it's having those conversations around what money brings up. Mm-hmm. What are the issues? What are the incompetencies or fears that I feel as a man? I could be honest. That's not always easy to admit, but I think there's a lot of freedom in my wife hearing those things she can understand, you know, mm-hmm. and at the same time, hearing her needs and desires. You know, my wife has never said to me, like, I want to be rich, and famous or wealthy. She just says, I want to be secure. I want to feel safe. I want to feel number one. And I'm like, hmm. she's never put a value or a number to that. Hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, um, hopefully this makes sense and it is clear enough. Um, I, I, it stuck with me. So I guess it, it was a good class exercise. It was, what class was it? Some communications class maybe in college. And she hands out these papers to the class and half the class is on, you know, this side of the issue, the half's on this side. And it was something like, you know, there's like a hundred like oranges or something. And what was it? One side wanted the oranges because I forget what it was. You know, they could, I don't know, like cure cancer or whatever. And then the other side needed the oranges because with those they could, I don't know, solve hunger or something like, like something crazy, but like very, very important. I should have these because it's so important. Two and moral so dilemmas of equal value. Yeah. Right? So we're arguing yeah. like the whole class about, you know, well, well, this is why we should have it instead of you and all this. But if you actually read the paper, right, like one side needed like the peel and the other side needed the orange juice, but we weren't communicating enough. We weren't actually sharing what we needed, what we were looking for. Instead, just putting ourselves first. Well, this is my plan. This is why it's going to work, why I want to do what I want to do. Instead of like figuring out, well, okay, well, what do you need in order to do the thing that you want to do? Well, here's what I'm looking for. Oh, we can both do it? This is great. And so I think there's, there's a, often a disconnect where, right, none, none of it. I don't think anybody, um, unless they're crazy or something, wants to make their spouse unhappy or step on their dreams or shove them aside or anything like that. We just forget to, to investigate, forget to ask and, um, or ever just assume we just assume, Oh, well they want the same thing I want. Right. See using money. Well, that means we're going to have a bunch of it and, and all that when you're saying, right, the wife is going, no, it just means we're, we're doing it together. We've got a plan, you know, we're going to be relatively, secure and safe. Um, that's what I'm looking for. And we just don't talk about it. Yeah. And when there is unity, 
there's trust. So there's not mm. bondage in that, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, people will interpret that as, well, you know, uh, I, then I lose my freedoms, you know? And yeah, there is a sense of like, there's certain freedoms you lose when you get married. That's what you sign up for, right? I'm, I'm, I'm one flesh with this other person, but yet in that you gain freedom through unity. So when you come on the same page with finances, there's trust that's built. And so there's certain things that the husband and wife look at each other and say, I trust you with that. And I trust you with that. And Mm -hmm. because we have built unity and trust, like, of course, I know that you're going to try to stay in budget and you're not going to overspend. And yeah, you budgeted this to to buy this or that. And and I trust you with that to make the decision. And, you know, so there becomes Mm -hmm. actually more freedom when you have unity than less. And and a lot of times we interpret it as if I just do my own thing, I actually have more freedom. And Mm -hmm. the reality is, you, you actually have more bondage, like, because you become disunified with the person that you're married to that loves you the most. Mm-hmm. And we see that often, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, we wholeheartedly recommend joint accounts. Um, you know, right. You're, you're, you're sharing together. I mean, you said it fantastic, right? You, we don't, we don't, there's all these different things that we don't do alone. Why would our financial lives be separate? Um, and and again, yeah, we we recommend the you know what's that that limit right when when a purchase is over X, we talk about it first. Uh, again, that's just that it helps build that sense of trust, of togetherness, of unity. Um, and what's what I find crazy is, uh, and I, I'm not on there much, but I go on to Venmo to you know send somebody some cash for something or pay for something on Craigslist or whatever. And I'll, you know, sometimes you can see the transactions if they're marked public and I will see a spouse sending money to their spouse, right? A husband to a wife or a wife to a husband, like for the, for this bill or for, for going to the movies or it's like, what are you, isn't it all just your money? It's crazy. Just that, that, and just, and it's just a sign of, right? Like, financially we're no different than than friends than strangers or roommates where the the relationship which we've we're called to that we've entered into that we've chosen is way deeper than that yeah yeah and i you know always find like you know if there's fights about money and there's disunity in one area of your marriage there's probably disunity in other areas you know there's lack of like real connection in other areas Mm-hmm. You know, my grandparents' generation, probably like yours, my, my grandma just got an allowance from my grandfather mm. monthly, you know? Uh, and when he died, like she had no idea how much money they had or even how to access. Like they, yeah. they never even like talked about it. Like, and, but, you know, sort of a sign of probably other ways that there was some disunity in their marriage, you know? And, and then now you have a generation where there's a lot more like dual working homes and, you know, two incomes and we're going to live two separate lives in our own home because it's my money, your money, my job, my career. And, and the whole point of marriage is like just bringing that together uh, as one, like communicating. And it actually brings a lot more joy and freedom in your marriage. Uh, and that's what we really want. Like no one gets married, right? Jonathan says, you know, I can't wait in 10 years to be divorced. That's be really fun. <laughs> like no one signs up for that ever. Like I've never heard anyone say that everyone goes into marriage thinking, I want to be happy. I want to love this person. I want it to be fruitful and lifelong. Right. 
And yet five years into their marriage and fighting about money and not, this is not what I got myself into and I can't believe this. And I want to go back. I get in my corner and it becomes about me, 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 mm. me, me, instead of us, you know. Yeah. For men, back to that question that you brought up at the very beginning, we do have to do some soul searching, maybe find some humility, let go of our pride, realize that we've made mistakes, that we don't have all the answers, that we don't need to solve this on our own. Like this mm -hmm. isn't not our issue to solve on our own. And there's a lot of freedom in asking our wives to be partners in that. We don't have to come up with a scam. I had a friend who just took this like one of those scam real estate classes because he mm -hmm. thought he would pull his, his marriage out of this financial debt because they'd been bad with money, got into debt and he was going to save the day, put on mm -hmm. his cape. And then it just got him in worse debt, you know? And then, and you're just like, man, you know, I don't do that. Like, like, <laughs> let's get to the issue at hand, you know? Um, and yeah. luckily they're still together, but they're fighting really hard for it, you know? Mm. Yeah. When, so talk about this if, if there's folks listening maybe there's even uh i'm gonna guess maybe a couple of husbands whose wives are making them listen to this we're going through okay yeah yeah uh-huh i see this money is is maybe revealing some of the disunity in our marriage um what are what's a a a practical first step that they can take to help identify what it is or identify what it is in themselves that's holding them back from discovering and living out this unity. Yeah. On the emotional side, you know, there's things called it money and emotions, right? Like what, what is the emotion that money brings up? Mm-hmm. How does it relate to the way I grew up, my family of origin? We find a lot in, in marriages that if you trace your family of origin, sort of the way you grew up, mm -hmm. what you absorbed is related to the lot of areas in your life, the way you communicate, the, the, your sense of your, your security, money. Like, don't be afraid to look into your family of origin or the emotions that are connected to money and say, well, you know, I saw my dad overspend or I saw my parents struggle in poverty. And I told myself as a kid that I, that wasn't going to happen to me. Like if you're self-aware enough to kind of trace some emotional things back, mm -hmm. it can be very like, um, uh, Frida, a lot of enlightening to yeah. say, wow, that is why I do that. Or I act that way, or I think this way. And maybe I'd be open to kind of rewiring my mind a little bit through my faith and through Christ. Mm -hmm. absolutely man that's yeah that's that is where we start with everybody is examining uh we call it their money mindset just like what do you think about money what is money and a lot of it isn't necessarily right or wrong but in identifying and understanding and revealing so much especially from the way we grew up or our past but you know before we got married or whatever it is we learn so much about ourselves and I think a lot that we assume is just true about money, you know, and then that, so we, we're handling money a certain way, according to this way that we're seeing it when our, our wife isn't because she sees it slightly different. And so what, why does she do that? that? Doesn't make any sense. She's thinking the same thing about us. Um, you know, it's like, I, I always like to talk about it like, um, 
you know, I, I call my wife, she's at the store getting groceries. go, oh, hey, uh, I just remembered we're going to this thing. I want to make a cake for it. Can you grab stuff to make a cake? Yeah, 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 sure. She comes home. I'm expecting to see, you know, um, a bunch of eggs for egg whites and some strawberries and all. I'm, I'm going to make angel food cake, right? She brought home a chocolate box mix. I'm like, what do you do? What? I thought we were making cake. She's like, yeah, we are, of course, right? We both understand that each one of those is cake, but we didn't communicate about enough. I was assuming my cake was cake, period. And how could you not understand that? And now we're fighting about a dessert. Uh, and that's what happens with our money. We, under, we come at it from recognizable positions, but slightly different. And so then there's, there's tension there. And so when we can understand that about ourselves, we're, there's less tension just in ourselves and the way we're acting. We have a better idea of what's coming or why we're doing this and so much more understanding of our spouse and how we can work together. So yes, it's, it's very important uh, to figure out ourselves so that we can uh, make a gift of ourselves to our spouses. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, my wife grew up, never really thought about money. She lived in a secure home her parents were married and she just never really thought it doesn't stress her out you know mm -hmm. and no reason to my parents were divorced I, I grew up in two single homes you know mm -hmm. my dad was my mom and, and saw them struggle and so like I absorbed just stress with money like emotional like mm -hmm. wow that's really difficult it's hard and we both brought that into our marriage you know and didn't even know it but it brought a lot of healing as we talked through it and got on the same page and leaned on each other you know, we're not called to carry it alone. Like we're mm -hmm. called to carry that together. And so in times where my, I might stress more, she's definitely, you know, more trustworthy and, and um, not worried. And in times where she's doesn't understand maybe an investment or risking a little bit because she just never even thought about it. You know, I'm more like, here's sort of the picture. And you kind of paint that picture better mm -hmm. together than apart. But there are some emotions. And I would say like even money with me has brought a chance for some some uh, breakthrough and some healing in my mm. faith, some trust in the Lord more, you know, where I've wanted to trust in my own thing. Because what I told myself is mm. like, well, I'm never going to struggle with money. I'm just going to solve it because of what I, I didn't want to struggle the way I saw certain people struggle. And the reality is, is like, you know, that's not, it's not as easy as you could just make it out to be right so mm -hmm. in our faith that's the beauty is that we can trust in the lord and and uh, know that he his providence is real and good and and uh, he's never going to leave us abandoned absolutely yes he's the father who loves us uh i think about i see it a lot with our with our kids you know they're asking for whatever something a present for their birthday or just for a glass of milk or whatever it is and i i'm always thinking about this um you know that that verse of you know like even you I'm going to paraphrase, uh, you know, like even you guys, like if your kid's asking for an egg, you're not going to give them a scorpion. seems like kind of weird things to ask for and to give, but anyway, uh, got it. And so I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah, like, you know, asking for an egg, asking for, you know, I'm like, even I know how to do this, but in, in understanding how God provides for us, how he's given us everything. Um, yeah. See, it, money really can be this tool that reveals uh, our father's goodness to us that reveals our role, uh, to, to provide and to love, to, to help those in our charge. And there's a lot when we are handling it well, 
can be right. It can be, it can be this little, uh, canary in the coal mine for some of the things going on in our, in our marriage, but it can also be this kind of reinforcing mechanism that helps us know that we're doing a good job that can build trust that can build confidence and most importantly, build reliance on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Would agree to that. As we, as, so as if a guy listening here, um, is like, all right, man, okay, we got to do this. Um, sure. Maybe I'll check out Walt one for the money side for this kind of understanding more about this call as men about the developing this 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 holy grit as you call it how can they learn more about that the work that you do get a copy of the book all that yeah holy grit easy just holygrit.org or amazon or ave maria um but you know the book's written for these saints to inspire us to be the man god created us to be they did hard things and Mm -hmm. men are attracted to that one of the hardest things we'll do is to engage our wife, our kids. To, you know, I, I remember someone telling me when I was trying to figure out my vocation as a college student, they said, you know, maybe think about the vocation that's going to challenge you to holiness the most. Mm. And I, I was like, wow, that's interesting. Why would I want to do that? You know, he's like, well, do you want to go to go to heaven? I'm like, yeah, I kind of do, I think. And I remember praying about that and thinking what marriage is definitely probably the thing that's going to challenge me the most. And it is mm. in a good way. It's hard, it's difficult, but that's where men come alive. We engage in hard things, right? That's why we, we, you know, we, we love to just defend and fight and, you know, like all those things, but, you know, saints teach us also how to merge uh, our faith into this grittiness. And so each chapter is built with these saints that kind of show us and model for us what it means to be a man, what it looks like. And I learned a lot from these guys, like researching them and writing about them. I use stories in my own life. So um, if you want to know like how to move forward, even with the money thing, like how to engage and, and, and be more proactive and intentional and do hard things and yet grow in your faith, it's a good book to kind of like motivate you to do that. Fantastic. Again, you can find that holygrit.org or right wherever you like to buy your books and you are the host of the paul george show the podcast uh and that's probably that's available everywhere podcasts can be found yep absolutely yep fantastic well thank you very much for coming on the show today paul it's been a real pleasure yeah jonathan this is good man let's do it again reach out anytime yeah absolutely all right man well god bless all right you too This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com. Thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the Wallowin program at Wallowin.com. Music in this episode is from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week.